0: Farm Talk on C103 with the Dairy Gold Prime Elite Rumi Force Calf Cube. Maximise calf performance and health at grass by optimising the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Later in our programme, Mr Pat Flannery, Education Officer, Charles Cork West, has an update on the part-time green Greensirk courses starting fairly soon. The controversial Lieback Rule, Miss Siobhan Walsh, Today's editor, Irish Farmers Journal, has an update on the Minister mcconnell Oak's partial easing of this strict regulation we signed up to as part of CAP. The 11th annual Green Ribbon Walk and Talk campaign gets underway nationwide in September, with two allocations chosen in Cork County. IFA Farm Family and Social Affairs Chair, Miss Alice Doyle, has more on this later in the programme. ICSA Organics Chair Mr Fergal Byrne has said consideration must be given to changing the organic scheme requirements around housing winter cattle. Mr Byrne pointed out that for livestock farmers one of the biggest barriers is the fact that cattle cannot be housed in slatted sheds and that straw must be used as bedding. This is a real impediment for many due to the scarcity of straw and the massive cost associated to converting yards and sheds to suit the organics scheme. Mr Byrne said the shortage of straw predicted for later in the year needs to focus minds on these challenges. He said weather conditions have been very unfavourable leading to lower yields so we know straw is going to be short in supply and is likely to be expensive too. We also know that many cattle and sheep farmers are now in dire straits financially due to high input costs and relentless processor price cuts allegedly, so it makes sense to do everything we can to make switching over to organics that bit more achievable. And Mr Byrne concluded his long statement by saying, while there are limitations on what we can do because of European Union, EU regulations on organic production, there is scope at a national level, to make these changes. We need more farmers choosing to farm organically and removing the obstacles that are preventing farmers from switching over to organics must be a priority. Part of a long statement there from Mr. Fergal Byrne, ICSA National Organics Chair. A survey of pig producers shows that nearly half would be forced to consider exiting the sector if suitable employees are not available in the shorter term. The survey is representative of seventy five percent of the national sow herd, and forty three percent of farmers have indicated they will find it hard to keep going without a pool of skilled workers. Commenting on the results, IFA National Picture, Mr Roy Galley, said there would be a potential loss of six hundred and twenty three million euro to the national economy and a potential reduction of three hundred ninety six million in annual exports. Mr. Kelly said, the Irish pig sector is facing a critical challenge as it grapples with the acute shortages of skilled workers, which is negatively impacting on productivity, on growth and on the overall health of the industry. He recalled the IFA had made a submission to the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment on the critical issue, and they are urgently seeking an allocation of work permits for those sectors, including pig horticulture, dairy and poultry. Rye Galley said the pig sector's success is vital not only for the farmers and workers directly involved in the pig sector, but also for the wider Irish economy and the food processing sector. Mr Gally concluded by saying that to ensure the sustainable growth of the Irish pig sector, collaborative efforts from stakeholders, policy makers and the government would be essential to ensure pig farmers here could continue to source quality suitable employees for their farming operations. ICSA Suckler Chair Mr Jimmy Cosgrave said that suckler prices would have to be reset to take into account increased costs, plus the fact that the average suckler-only farmer makes around €9,000 per annum. He said suckler farmers had been hit hard with rising costs, especially with what he called the unsustainably low income in the sector, he recalled both weaning prices and factory prices for sucker stock are not right and must be reset to reflect these facts. Mr. Cosgrave was reacting to comments made by Keepak's Agriculture Director, Mr. Jonathan Forbes, at a recent Keepak organized farm walk. The most effective way of stabilising the market in order for milk prices to increase is by introducing a voluntary milk reduction scheme, the I c p a president, Mr Pat McCormick, said. In 2016, such a scheme was brought in in which farmers got paid to produce less milk than they did in the previous year. This, Mr McCormick said, was voluntary and not everyone was forced into it. But it ended up having a huge impact on market sentiment. Mr Cormack's call comes as milk prices continue to drop. The Department of Agriculture has made changes to controversial requirements under the new cap which stated that an equivalent-sized grass lieback area was required beside a forage crop. The rules had stated that where a farmer had 10 hectares of a forage crop, they needed an additional 10 hectares of a grass lieback. The Minister for Agriculture, Mr Perconnoloog, has now changed the rules somewhat. The required grass lieback area has been reduced. Now, the grass lieback area must be at least 30% of the total area, with the remaining 70% in a forage crop. So, if a farmer has a 10.5 hectares of forage crop, they need 4.5 hectares of a grass lieback alongside it, amounting to 15 hectares in total. The change will come as little comfort to tillage farms which do not have any grass. The race to develop new wind and solar farms across Ireland shows no signs of slowing down. Over the past month, multiple projects have been submitted for planning or have received decisions on their applications. Carbury Compost, subsidiary of the largest producer of mushrooms in Europe, Monaghan Mushrooms, has become the latest agribusiness to venture into solar farm development. The company has applied for planning permission for a 3.5-acre solar farm at its existing mushroom compost and farm facility in Cardical The 1-megawatt solar farm will provide enough electricity for around 8% of the facility's annual usage. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farm Association National President, Mr Dominic Keller, said it's now time for the government to decide if they value the suckler herd as much as a dairy herd. He said the ICSA does not accept that a circular herd is a major cause of global warming and we want to see any decisions around climate action reflecting that fact and demonstrating that circular farmers need fairness in all decisions around climate and funding. The ICSA president, Mr. Keller, has said the findings of a recent survey indicating that 63% of suckler farmers say they would be open to a cow reduction scheme lays bare the fact that there is lack of any real support for the suckler sector and renewed frustration at beef price cuts. Mr Keller said it's no surprise that farmers are tired of low incomes in suckler farming. The ICSA president said the view of the organisation is they could engage with the government if there was a willingness to bring a financial proposal to the table which would pay each suckler cow reduced on the same level as a dairy cow. He said the ICSA would not tolerate this being a debate about how much a suckler cow was worth in income. The only metric is how much emissions are reduced by each cow surrendered. On that basis, we believe that a suckler reduction scheme should be similar in value to a dairy reduction scheme, part of a statement there from the West Cork-based ICSA National President, Mr Dermot Kelleher. Minister of State Pippa Hackett said that the two thousand two hundred and seventy-three hectares of new forestry planted last year was, quote, far below where we ultimately need to be, end of quote, but that high rates of farmer planting did see over 8,000 hectares planted in previous years. The Minister's comments come after publication of the Department of Agriculture's Forestry Report for 2022, which shows that Cork saw 400 hectares put under forestry last year, with Clare seeing 211 hectares on the forestry and Galway 209 hectares. In 2022, only 76 farmers planted forestry, while 232 non-farmers did so. Farmer planting represented an area of 520 hectares, while the non-farmer figure represented 1,754 hectares. IFA Farm Business Chair Miss Rosemary McDonough has questioned what she calls the disparity between the price that tillage farmers are receiving and the animal feed prices charged by feed suppliers to dry stock, dairy, pig and poultry farmers. The IFA statement points out that grain farmers are facing a massive drop in income, with many facing significant losses for this year's harvest. While weather and higher inputs have played a part, they've also taken a cut of about a third in the price paid by merchants for their grain. In the statement by the IFA Farm Business Chair, Ms. Rosemary McDonough has pointed out, the latest CSO Central Statistics Office figures for animal compound feed shows the price increase by 1% over the last 12 months to June 2023. Somebody, the statement says, is profiting from the gap between the grain price and the animal feed price. CSO data shows that in the 12-month period to June 2023, compound feed prices increased by 1%. In the same period, for example, fertiliser prices declined by 43%. However, it should be noted the drop in fertiliser price came after cereal farmers had purchased almost all of their fertiliser for the 2023 cereal crop at what the statement said were, quote, vastly inflated prices. Rose Mary MacDonald said, in a year where both tillage and livestock farmers are suffering from ongoing inflated input prices, Combined with significantly reduced output prices, we cannot have a situation where some within the feed supply chain are profiteering, allegedly. The Farm Business Chair's statement concluded by saying, Those buying grain from tillage farmers and those supplying feedstuffs to livestock farmers need to act fairly. Tillage farmers must get a fair price for their grain, while livestock farmers must be charged a fair price for their feedstuff. Based on our analysis of the latest data, serious questions have to be posed. That's a statement there from the IFA Farm Business Chair, Ms Rosemary Macdonald. Ireland's two organic certification bodies are expecting around 2,000 farmers to enter the Organic Farming Scheme, OFS, when it reopens in October. The number of scheme participants doubled to around 4,000 in January 2023 and both the Organic Trust and the Irish Organic Association are expecting a similar surge in applications in coming months. The most common farmer queries they received were about converting to organic production centred on the use of veterinary medicines, animal housing and straw requirements, also the sourcing of replacement stock. Regarding chemical restrictions, some farmers mistakenly assume that the restrictions on chemical inputs and organics are tougher than they actually are. The Organics Association, Angela Clark, told the Irish Farmers Journal in an article by Mr Noel Bardon, news reporter, Irish Farmers Journal. Chagas Cork West is partnering with Flannacilty Agricultural College in offering a part-time green cert course this autumn. This is primarily aimed at those over 23 years of age who are involved in farming already. The course runs over two college years. It involves attendance at the course for an evening, Monday, and a day on Wednesday per week. Further details available from Chagas McCroom or Clonakilty Agricultural College at the following numbers. Chagas McCroom 026 41604, that's Chagas McCroom 026 41604, and Clonakilty Agricultural College at 023 888. 32500. Zero, zero. That's Clonakilty Agricultural College, 023 88 Also, details from Mr. Patrick Fannery, Chagas Corkwest Education Officer, Clonakilty Agricultural College and Chagask. Later in the program, Mr. Patrick Fannery, Chagas Corkwest Education Officer, has more on the part time Green Cert course. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Patrick Flannery, Chagas West Cork Education Officer. First of all, Patrick, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, education for younger farmers. You have information regarding the background to the part-time green search course.
1: Thank you, John. Um, What what I would say is the course is a tried and tested course that we have been running for decades now. And fine-tuning and bringing it, keeping it modern and relevant. Um, it, it's primarily directed at, at people over 23 who are going to be coming back to look at edu- cultural education at this stage, look at doing their green cert, um, as it's often referred to, um, and are involved in farming maybe at some level. It could be at smaller or medium or larger level, but are involved at, at some level. And we think this course can kind of meets their requirements. It is a good... Um, staff-student ratio, where we can support students, and be coming back into education, give them plenty of guidance and assistance. It's local. It's a local option. It's a, it's a local West Cork option. What I'm particularly referring to in this one. There's other options, of course, from East Cork, but this is the local West Cork option. And again, it it suits people who want to get to walk through the course on a local level. It also is a part-time delivery, which again suits a number of people in terms of their schedules and commitments, and we deliver it on a a part-time basis, which can be suitable.
0: Remind our listeners what the more obvious benefits which could arise after you've completed this course ranged, I believe, over
1: about two years. Yeah, it's over two years, John. We, We work it in over two winters. We've tried different models, but the most recent model take take into account of everybody's needs as best we can is a two winter model where we, we deliver the course and complete the course over that schedule. I, I would look at the benefits, John, maybe twofold in that one approach is to look at the benefits as people are completing the course. So as they're completing the course, I, I look to the following kind of benefits or or rewards or values that people pick up and I would refer to friendship first in, in terms of, you know, studying with kind of like-minded and, and um, people who you know they work together and, and form friendships and connections that often last well beyond the course, but are particularly important as they're as they're working through the course. I suppose the benefits again we we kind of use different learning approaches in terms of practical um, down the yard working with stock and machinery, maybe working with computers. Uh, as well as some uh, classwork as well to try and facilitate different learning approaches and and help people get through the course. We kind of focus on up to date farming uh, techniques and skills and, and knowledge to keep it relevant and, and practical, to kind of to the challenging environment out there in terms of farming day to day, and so we we, con- we concentrate on that. I would see then a number of benefits, John, that arise when you have the cert, when it's up on the mantelpiece, when you have it up on the wall, there's some of the benefits then that you can really draw down. Sometimes it might just be one outstanding issue. It might be very much related to farm inheritance and taking over the farm and the green cert could be a very valuable component there in terms of doing that as as efficiently and as, as optimally as possible. I, I would say, though, more typically, though, it's probably a number of benefits that um that, that kick in and a number of benefits that um, people get when they have the, the, the cert done. Again, I refer to the, to tax relief because that is uh, built into the nature of the agricultural education and to family farm, farm transfer where there are these reliefs available to people who who, um, who are taking over and, and do the education and the, the training to take over. Also, maybe some additional farm building grant um, payments are available as well for people with the green cert and again that may be something down the road that you could benefit um, hugely from there's also extra top ups and uh, payments farm payments available which again would be you know a benefit down the road um, which is I think is important as well
0: And not least important, you'll be a more efficient farming person once you have all this knowledge under your belt. And it'll be something that will help you for your entire career in agriculture, if that's your chosen career.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we we, we know, John, that, you know, farmers have to be so many different roles and and so so many different trades and so much expertise um, from, you know, veterinary engineering, accounting and so on and so forth. And, you know, you, you need to start out with some training and some skills and keep working on those but a good basis I suppose is what we primarily offer um, a relevant up to date good basis in terms of knowledge and skills uh, and um, hopefully that gives people a a very good basis and something to build on um, but something that, that really is important you know to expect people to be able to manage the day to day.
0: In broad terms how is the course actually delivered?
1: Okay so, John, what we do, again, back to the part-time model that we presently work on, we deliver it, well, we've looked at over the years and fine-tuning all the time, but presently what we're looking at is facilitating people from a distance and remotely to, to do some project work and um, some study, but then also bringing people in on one day and one evening per week over two college years. And again, that's, I suppose, to facilitate helping people out Giving them a bit of, a good bit of face-to-face and um, assistance and study and training and practice, and then you know allowing hopefully that to fit in around their lives as you say, their farming, their working lives, their personal lives, and week to week, you know, building it up, going through different subjects, farming subjects, different areas of, of uh, training, and then allowing people to to um, work with us. Um, as best we can and we set out the schedule we we give people as much notice as possible um timetable it out allow people to plan to adjust and um w- walk through the course that way and you know we were flexible as well then within that to, to try and uh, facilitate people as much as possible
0: patrick have you any phone numbers or contacts for people listening with an interest in perhaps taking up the course or their children taking up the course Any contact phone numbers for more information on this course?
1: Absolutely, John. I know I've given an overview there, but absolutely be delighted to talk to people about the course and just tease it out one-to-one and have a chat about it and rule it in or rule it out or, or maybe, you know, whatever... Maybe put it um, deferred a little bit. Whatever the options are, but we can look at all of that and have a chat about it. And I would give you two phone numbers there, is probably to keep it straightforward for people. I would first of all well, direct you to the Chagas office in Macroom. So again, it's a number. I can give you the number, but but remember that it's also available um, to look up at the Chagas office in Macroom on 026 026 41604 41604. And we'd be delighted to have a word there and, you know, to have a, have a chat about it. I'd also, just because we do work, John, in collaboration with Tlannock-Kilsey Agricultural College, very much so, this is a, a partnership course and we work with them and use all their facilities and expertise. So uh, just a second option there and a second source of information and uh, guidance would be the Tlannock-Kilsey Agricultural College, which, again, people can refer to there but the number there just for people's convenience if that suits is 023 double eight three two five double zero 023 double eight three two five double zero so i hope that helps anybody who needs to have a few words on at any stage thank you
0: well, certainly, that sounds fine. Thank you, Mr. Patrick Flannery, the Education Officer, Chagas Cork West, working in conjunction with Clonacilty Agricultural College to deliver this excellent part-time green cert course. Thank you, Pat, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Joining us on the farm programme, Ms. Siobhan Walsh, Tillage Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Siobhan, welcome to the programme. Now, Hi, in sir. the you're very welcome, Sean. Now, in the journal, you talk about the Lieback Rule, and indeed, some farmers mightn't even be aware of this. What exactly is the Lieback Rule, and what do farmers, want to see done? Because it appears this is something very controversial when you look at it up close.
2: Yes, certainly, John, definitely controversial. Um, so the Lieback Rule, is basically, is people are grazing forage crops over winter. So people might graze beet, um, forage raised kale, those kind of crops. Um, they now have to have a lieback area um, which and the lieback has to be grassland. So this is a big inconvenience for people. Um, so if you have 10 hectares of forage rate to graze you need 10 hectares of grass beside it so that the sheep can lie back on it in in wet weather. Um, and this, this comes from the new Cap John, so it's under the Good Agricultural and Environmental Condition Standards. It's GIAC 6, it's the protection of the protection of soil and ireland basically have chosen that farmers need to have this grass lie back um beside their um their forage crop now there was so this rule came out it only kind of started to come in the last few weeks and there was there was uproar over it um it hadn't been made clear at the start of the year it said there was a lie back needed it didn't say there was a grass lie back. Um, the Irish Grain Growers, MACRA, the IFA, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, all came out against this rule and said that it was unworkable, it was unviable, it was too costly if people had to sow grass. Um, and basically, the minister then, um, with all of the reaction to this, the minister told the department that we that they needed to change the rules. So a rule change did come on Wednesday of this week. Um, the department emailed the Farmers' Journal and told them that the minister had got the department to change it to 70-30. So basically, if you have seven hectares of forage crop, you need um, three hectares of grass. So it, it is a change. It will help some farmers, John. So it might help people on mixed farms who would have grass and tillage, but on those mixed farms, a lot of the, the you know the tillage might be far away from the grassland, or it's only the side a small area of grassland, but it's still going to have a big impact, John, on specialist tillage farms. So a lot of specialist tillage farms would grow these forage crops like kale and and forage rape or, or a mix between the two, double turnips, those kind of things. They grow them um, for the winter and store lambs come onto those fields over winter. And if those farmers need grass, they're not going to sow the grass beside them, John, because it's too costly. So if they need the grass, They're basically, they're not going to sow the forage crops. And there there won't be anywhere for, look, sheep are a big user of these crops. Replacement heifers and things use them as well. But the store lamb trade is going to be majorly affected here. There's going to be a lot of store lambs for the market that are going to have nowhere to graze now this
0: year. And as you've said, Siobhan, there, this GAEC 6, that covers quote, minimum soil cover to avoid bare soil in periods that are most sensitive and that in fact uh, seems a real mouthful but even with the changes, as you noted very carefully in the Irish Farmers Journal specialist farmers who mightn't have any grass this is going to really come as little comfort to specialist tillage farmers who don't have any grass to play around with Yeah, absolutely and
2: it's very frustrating because I think the majority of tillage farmers are really concerned about their soils. They want to improve their soil condition. And a lot of the reason why they sow these crops on their farms in the first place is to improve their soil. So they grow the crop first, which, which um, you know, helps the soil structure. It has deep tap roots. It breaks up compaction, these kind of things. And then they bring the animals onto the farm then to graze the crops, to break them down and, and um bring organic matter back into the soil and carbon back into the soil and tillage farmers do not want livestock coming onto their farm and poaching and making a mess in these fields where the animals are grazing you know they the, the farmers generally come to a good arrangement that the sheep aren't going to graze these crops down to the bush and you know that the the soil won't be damaged tillage farmers don't want to damage their soil I just th- I think there, there must be a better solution to this than having a grass lieback. You know, maybe if we had a lower stocking rate or something like that, it might help the situation. But at the minute, this rule just spells disaster for the store lamb trade. It's hindering cooperation between livestock and tillage farmers. And it's going to result in a decline in the area of catch crops that are sown in this country, um, which is really unfortunate.
0: And again, the ICSA Tillage Chair, Mr Gavin Carberry, he notes that tillage farmers have been very much encouraged all along to try and grow forage crops to capture the benefits such as nutrient sharing between tillage and livestock farmers. And now this collaboration, this great rationalisation of our energy and production, this um, great cooperation, collaboration, it seems to be knocked on the head. This is a case of despite the Minister's appreciated efforts to lessen the impact. Nonetheless, it's back to the drawing board for a major overhaul of the whole concept.
2: I don't think it's finished yet anyway. Look, I'd say that's probably it for this year, but I think these rules need to change for next year. As you said, John, tillage farmers have, have, have worked and improved at growing these catch crops over the last number of years. Um, and we hear it constantly from government that they want to increase the tillage area. One way of increasing the tillage area, amid all this, you know, access to land issues where, you know, dairy farmers need more land for nitrate, this was one way of getting livestock and village farmers to work together and to free up a bit of land and, and bring bring in some income on the site, very, and if, you know, another another income, um, which was very important as well. So just look very disappointing. I hope the rule is changed. Um, you know, again for next season. Just to note, John, if people have these forage crops planted, so someone might have sowed beet in April or they sowed maybe after their winter barley. Um, The minister has said that, you know, that he's asked inspectors to consider each situation on a case-by-case basis. So hopefully that gives some leeway to the people who have these crops planted. Um, And I think that's only fair because, you know, I, I couldn't see this grass lie back Um, there in the rules when people were planting beet and and kale and things back in April and May. So, just to note, the Minister has asked inspectors to consider each case, but it is on a case-by-case basis, so just just, I suppose
0: that's a little bit of a warning. A ray of hope there. And to to sum up then, speaking to Miss Siobhan Walsh, Tillage Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, elsewhere in the Journal on page 5 News, Storm Betty, the impact of uh, Storm Betty, I mean, with grain and straw yields...
2: Look, it's been a bad season all around for tillage farmers. The weather hasn't played ball, really. It's sowing or harvesting, um, and it's been very difficult to get work done. Nice bits of progress made last week, and certainly this week, a lot of progress made. And we're probably getting near the end of the cereal harvest now. Beans are are being harvested, and and that'll ramp up now in the next um, while. It's been hard to get straw as well, but in the la- last week and this week, people have been able to get straw behind the combine, which is a positive. But yields back, talking about spring barley straw yields of, of four to seven bales per acre, and as we go on in the season, those those straw yields are lower, um, you know, compared to an, a normal yield of about 10, 10 bales per acre, John. So, and then grain yields look, spring barley, unfortunately, at the minute, the average is probably around the 2.2 ton mark. There's plenty of of spring barley crops that are going below the two-ton. Um, talking to people down south and around Cork this week, there was an odd late April sown crop that hit over the three-ton, which is good to hear. um, But certainly, look, the harvest has, has been a difficult one for tillage farmers. And I think, um, you know, they'll be glad to get it over with, hopefully, in the next couple of days.
0: Thank you very much indeed, Miss Siobhan Walsh, Tillage Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Siobhan, very much indeed. Thanks, John. You're very welcome. Speaking on 22nd of August 2023, the Irish Cattle and Chief Farmer Association National Tillage Chair, Mr. Gavin Carberry, called on the Department of Agriculture to remove the requirement for an equal lieback area when sowing catch crops for grazing. Mr. Carberry said, quote, This requirement which has been brought in at the last minute, he claimed, has not only torpedoed the huge potential for tillage and dry stock farmers to work together, but has also thrown many acres' plants into chaos. Mr Carberry went on to say that tillage farmers had been very much encouraged to grow forage crops to capture benefits such as nutrient sharing between tillage and livestock farmers. Likewise, he said, for cattle and sheep farmers, the availability of forage crops on tillage land had been of enormous value. He claimed it made no sense to impose a lieback requirement, which effectively, he claimed, would put an end to this type of valuable cooperation and collaboration. Mr Carberry said the lieback requirement, which has been brought in through GAEC, which covers... Quote, Minimum soil cover to avoid bare soil in periods that are most sensitive. End of quote. Mr. Carberry said, however, that imposing a lieback area that must be at least equal in area to the adjacent non grass forage area was an over the top interpretation of GAEC 6. He said it was totally unfeasible to expect tillage farmers to sow an area of grass that is equal to the area assigned. For tillage crops. He claimed it made no sense, and it's the reason why many tillage farmers, he claimed, himself included, would not be sowing catch crops this year. Up until this point, there had been no lieback requirement, and the system had worked perfectly well with good management and strip grazing to prevent excessive poaching. Mr. Carberry said the situation is even more dire for those who have selected sowing catch crops as part of their acres plan. He said acres plans were submitted and accepted back in May. Yet, he said, we now have a situation whereby farmers are getting hit with this lieback amendment, which means their acres plans are no longer compliant. Many farmers had already sown catch crops with no other available land beside it to grow grass on. And he posed the question, what is a farmer supposed to do in this position? Miss Alice Doyle IFA Farm Family and Social Affairs Chair has more on this year's eleventh annual Green Ribbon Walk and Talk campaign. Welcome to Farm Talkers.
3: Yes, John, uh, this is a wonderful campaign that is now in its eleventh year, and IFA are very proud to be associated with the uh, Sea Change Group. Uh, who run the Green Ribbon campaign, with Creelche and with Mental Health Ireland, who are all partners in this programme. And for the last seven years, we have been putting out these walks uh, around the country. We started off with small numbers, but this year we actually have 16 different venues around the country, two of which are in Cork. And the whole purpose behind the Green Ribbon is, is called Walk and Talk. And for years, you know, we talk about uh, a farmers' health and well-being, and we talk about how important it is to be physically healthy and to be mentally healthy in order to perform and to be efficient on your farm. And sometimes we invite people to come out to come out and join other people to walk and talk because we know that walking is good for you physically. It also raises the endorphins and the happy, the happy you know hormones in the head and makes you feel better. So it, physically and mentally it does you good. As well as that, in coming out to meet your friends uh, in a walk like this, where you meet friends and neighbours and people from the rural communities and even the town communities come and join us. You will meet other people who you can chat with. And sometimes by just chatting to a neighbour, you might discover that, you know, you might be having a bit of an issue with something. A person has the same issue and you suddenly realise, gosh, I'm not the only one with that. And, you know, the, the old adage says a problem shared is a problem halved. Uh, so we're not saying that we have to talk about problems all the time it can be a bit of entertainment too but it's good to be out and to walk and to talk Uh, we're encouraging farmers and particularly the male farmers among us to come out because we know women are much better at chatting and talking but we want our men to come out and to chat and talk as well and more importantly to take a little bit of time away from the farm Uh, we live on our farms we work on our farms we never actually come off them if we worked in industry We'd be leaving it at 5.30 in the evening and we wouldn't have to go back to the next morning. Because we live on farms, we're there all the time, 24-7, 365. We're asking farmers to step away because it would be good to take a little break away for themselves, mentally and physically, and for their families as well.
0: People who are depressed, some particular problem related to price or weather or tillage, those items can Play on people's minds. Farming, as a rule, tends to be an isolated type of work. And very important, meet people and go for this walk and talk because we find that very often something people feel, as you've said earlier, as you've hinted earlier, people feel is a terrible load. In actual fact, when you meet people, chat with them, other farmers, other farm families, you find, in fact, other people share this problem or, in fact, could be in a far worse situation. At the moment, people worry in the tillage sector. They worry in the dairy sector. Previously, dairy was uh, the best uh, sector. But we find that each individual agri-sector has its own problems. And by meeting people and discussing like-minded people, you may very well get rid of a huge burden on your mind.
3: Yes, John and that that's absolutely true like every sector is under pressure at the moment uh, and it's very more that we get away from that it's very well proven that if you have a problem and you're you know you're buried down in a problem that if you can step away from it for a short while, it gives you more clarity when you return to solving that problem. And often you can see the solution a lot more quickly, or at least you can accept the position and see uh, how you're going to progress through the problem uh, in in solving it. So that's that's really important. And also at most of these uh, walks, we will have people from Mental Health Ireland will be there, and people from Sea Change, and people from our own organisation and Creature, who will, will will chat and talk to you too, and who do some professionals, particularly for Mental Health Ireland. Most of the people coming from there are professionals in the whole area of mental health and wellbeing. And they're quite there to do if you had a bit of a problem with yourself, they will take it on board and they will signpost you and help you as to maybe where you should go to, to do something about it or how to help you with it. So just keep that in mind as well, that there will be uh, professionals in, in, at most of the venues and even our own, you know, development officers and some of our, some of our, some of ourselves from the national committee will be there and we will be more than happy to listen and to take on board anything that you have to say to us. Uh, and if we can help you in any way, we certainly we will do that. And because farming is so isolated and farmers are isolated, that it is important that they do come out and they, they do move away from it all for a short period of time and give themselves that little bit of clarity when returning and a little bit of release and a little bit of free time for themselves.
0: Please remind our listeners, the venues, where the two Cork locations are, the date and the times. One, I believe, is in the morning, one in the afternoon. And just how people go about joining. Do they simply turn up or is there a meeting point or should they phone beforehand or whatever?
3: Okay. well, the two... Cork are very lucky this year. They have uh, two ven- uh, venues. The one, the first venue is in the morning of the seventeenth of September at eleven a.m. Uh, in uh, Ballycotton Cliff Walk. What a beautiful place to go! Iconic, um, and you, all you have to do is literally turn up, and you might even have a little bit of refreshment there as well, uh, as well as the sea air, of course. And then you have the other venue in, is in Doneraile Park at two thirty on the same date, the seventeenth of September. Uh, the walk was there last year. I was down there myself at it. Beautiful forest park, beautiful walk uh, in the creature Woods. Uh, and again, the ladies and gentlemen looked after us very well down there uh, that day. And I know the same will happen in Valley Cotton this year. So I would say, you know, do turn up. You literally only have to turn up. And if you, many of your listeners to, to this program may not be farmers. If you're not a farmer, you do. that's you're not restricted to farming. We would be delighted to have anybody that would like to join us for that walk uh, and talk. Um, event on the seventeenth of September, Valley Cotton at eleven AM and Dunrail at two thirty PM.
0: But can a single person come along or should you be with a family?
3: Everybody is welcome. Everybody from babies and buggies to grannies and to anyone that you know that wants to come out and feels that they're able to do it will not be a strenuous walk. It will be a leisurely walk, come in ones, come in twos, come in half dozens. It doesn't matter that is, that's not prescriptive. You just come and turn up on the day and you will meet people who you can blend in with. I turned up at those events last year knowing very few people, but by the time the walk was over, I had chatted to so many people uh, along the way about all different types of things and learned an awful lot for myself from all the different people that were there. So uh, if I can come from Wexford and, get, and end up in Cork and find that I made friends on the day, well, I think uh, people locally can certainly do that.
0: Bear in mind, it could be a wet day, bearing in mind our Irish climate.
3: Oh, definitely. Being Irish climate, you go prepared for all weather. The boot is always full of a, a wardrobe change, you know, and certainly comfortable shoes, which goes without, without saying. Uh, but the rain won't stop anybody. I was down at one recently in Tipperary, where it was one of the wettest Saturdays, I think, that came this year. And mind you, we had a lovely turnout. We put up the umbrellas. We put on our raincoats and away we went and had a lovely walk to the eco village um uh, down in, in clock so the weather will not stop uh the, the walk uh, unless it's horrific altogether but unless it's really really bad the, the event will go ahead and just watch out for your local social media uh, it will be advertised there it will be advertised on all IFA media and it's probably be on the local radios and like you now john you're giving us the airspace there to get it out so your your listeners will hear it and We'd ask them to spread it on their own social media as I said, it doesn't have to be all farmers. It can be to anyone you know,
0: and they're all welcome. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Anna Doyle, IFA Farm Family and Social Affairs Chair. Thank you, Alice, very much for that. And we do hope the 11th Annual Green Ribbon Walk and Talk Campaign taking place in the Cork section of the campaign, 11am, Ballycotton Cliff Walk, and 2.30pm, North Cork, Donrail Park, also known as Donrail Wildlife Park. So thank you, Alice, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank very welcome, John, and happy walking to all your listeners. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks for listening. The Farm Programme, 7am to 8am Saturday mornings and 10pm to 11pm on Wednesday evenings. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, ySAC, and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.